Ah. Well, go ahead and open up your copy of God's life-giving word to the book of Luke. We'll be in chapter 10 today. And uh, just want to uh, encourage you also to grab these journals that you received. I hope you have a pen. If not, take some notes on your phone and then transfer them over to this journal that we've given you. Because listen, this is a tool today. And I just got to, I got to pause because I keep, every time I get up here, I see someone new that used to be a part of Redemption Hill that's back to celebrate with us. So we just thank you so much for coming today, Anthony and the Johnsons. And it's just awesome to see uh, all of you come today for such a special occasion. But today is an opportunity for us to celebrate not just what God has done, but more importantly, who God is. So this journal here, I want you to to listen and record some things you're going to learn about Jesus today and to record some of the faithfulness as I recount some of the faithful ways that God has moved in the life of our church. You're going to want to write down the the things that you have seen uh, in the journey of Redemption Hill. So uh, we are going to to look at Luke chapter 10 today. And what I want to to just put before you as we celebrate together is we get to celebrate today because God is a God of celebration. All right, let me say it again. We get to celebrate today because God is a God of celebration. Celebration fills the heart of God. The reason that we can smile, the reason that we sing, the reason that we can shout for joy, the reason that we, I know we aren't really great at dancing in our church, we're trying to grow in that and get better, okay? But it's like, we can dance because God is the God of the dance. And he wants us to celebrate when we see goodness before our eyes that he has brought in our lives. And so we're going to see this so very clearly in the life of Jesus Christ in Luke chapter 10, verses 17 through 21. What you need to understand as we jump into the gospel of Luke is that at the beginning of Luke 10, Jesus just sent out 72 of his disciples, not the 12 closest disciples, but 72 other disciples to go out and to do the work that they had seen him doing. It says that he sent them out two by two. And verse nine tells us what the work was going to be about. He says, heal the sick in it and say to the towns that you enter, the kingdom of God has come near to you. And that's exactly what happened. They went out and they told people how they can connect to the God who made them through following Jesus. Just like we talk about every week at Redemption Hill Church. But what happens next is captured for us in verse 17. I want to pick up there for us. Luke writes, the 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, 
and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Now, don't miss verse 21. Verse 21 says this, in that same hour, he, Jesus, rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for that was your gracious will. Today, as we reflect on these verses together, I want you to see joy and I want you to rejoice. Joy is written all over this story. And it would be good for us to back up and say, if we're going to talk about joy, what is joy? Joy has been defined, described as a positive emotional response to a perceived good. Okay, so let me just, when you see something good, it moves your soul to be excited about it, thankful for it. And, and when, when God brings joy, it is a holy joy. It is a joy that, that is, has eternity stamped on it. And that's what's going on here in the story. It says in verse 17 that the 72 returned with joy. Can you see them coming back? They went out two by two. I'm sure they were coming back two by two. And they have stories to tell. They're telling stories. They're telling the stories as they're returning. And then they get to Jesus and they're telling him the stories. And then two more come. They have more stories. There is just so much excitement and joy over what they have just experienced. And they say why they're so joyful. They say, Jesus, we can't believe it. But even the demons, even the powers of darkness, they listen to us when we talk to them and say, get out of here. I mean, they cannot believe what God was doing, but even more than that, and maybe you feel like this sometimes, and I certainly feel this way standing before you as 10 years of Redemption Hill Church. God, we can't believe that you would not only do these things, but that you would do them through ordinary people like us. Thank you, God, for how you move and work. But then how does Jesus respond? We see his response in verse 18. It says in verse 18 that Jesus speaks, and this is what he says. He says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. This is a massive statement of victory that Jesus is speaking before his disciples. He is saying, I see Satan fall like lightning from heaven. That is pointing to his defeat. And he says that he fell like lightning, communicating the suddenness of Satan's defeat. And, and, and why, why does this bring such excitement to Jesus here? It is, it is because he is seeing that the disciples are moving out, doing the same work that he has just done. And he says, 
I came to destroy the work of the evil one who comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that people might have life and wholeness and healing and restoration. And now these disciples, these followers of mine are now doing the same things. And Jesus is really, really excited about it. He says this statement of victory, but then he doesn't stop there. He goes on in verse 19, and he says, behold, now he's speaking to the disciples, behold, I have given you authority over, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Jesus is saying, look, you have, you have authority that even when you go out and you face these powers of evil, the, the, the terms serpents and scorpions refer to powers of, of, of evil, symbols of, of evil in our world. He says even, even all the power, all the power of the enemy, even all the power of Satan, it cannot touch you. It cannot harm you because I am with you. And we should stop, step back and just think for a moment, what is Jesus doing here? So think, about, think about what Jesus is doing here. I love this. Is Jesus, as the disciples return with joy, is Jesus pouring water on their joy? Or is he fueling the fire of their joy? Jesus sees the disciples returning with joy in their joy matches his joy and he starts speaking words that only accentuate and amplify their joy. This is a huge, by the way, this is, sidebar, this is a huge lesson for us as friends, as spouses, as parents, as leaders. When someone comes to you with joy and with excitement for good reason, you have an opportunity to amplify their joy. So Jesus says, I saw Satan fall like lightning. The, the 72 must have lit up. And then he pours on more. He says, you've, given, you've been given authority to, over all the power of the enemy and, and, and their joy just begins to spike off the charts. And believe it or not, in verse 20, he brings it up even more, but as Jesus always does, he brings perspective. And he says, nevertheless, do not rejoice that the demons are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. What does Jesus mean here? Jesus is not saying don't rejoice in the work that you see me doing through you. Okay, that would contradict everything that he just said. But what Jesus is saying is, do not rejoice more in the work that I do through you more than you rejoice in me. Find a greater delight. This is our opportunity and even assignment every single day of our lives that we get to enjoy intimacy with Jesus even more than ministry for Jesus. Ministry for Jesus is great and it's been a great 10 years, but let me tell you something. I love Jesus more than I love you. And if redemption goes away to, to, uh, tomorrow, listen, Jesus isn't going anywhere. Jesus is our greatest treasure. Jesus is our reward. He is the one we live for. He is the one that we take the greatest delight in. But that's the joy of the disciples. 
verses 18 through 20 highlight the joy of the disciples, but verse 21 highlights the joy of Jesus. Nowhere else in the Gospels, you, you, need, to, you need to understand this, nowhere else in the Gospels do we find Jesus expressing this kind of joy? Of course, he was a man of joy. He rejoiced over and over. We see it implied all throughout the Gospels, but never in this explicit way do we find Jesus described as expressing this level of joy. It says in verse 21 that in that same hour, he, Jesus, rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said... I thank you, Father. Some translations say, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. Jesus sees the disciples' joy and then his heart lights up with his own joy because they are participating in the works of his kingdom and because God has chosen to reveal his work and do his work through ordinary people like, yes, you and me. The level of Jesus' joy here is, is hard to capture. Most English translations struggle to capture the force of Jesus' joy here. The ESV says that Jesus rejoiced in the Holy Spirit. The New American Standard says that Jesus rejoiced greatly in the Holy Spirit. Some translations say that Jesus overflowed with joy. The Greek word here could be translated thrilled with joy or overjoyed. This is the picture we have of Jesus Christ. Listen, if you want to know what joy looks like, joy looks like Jesus Christ. Joy looks like Jesus Christ. I just, I, I would encourage you to, to, to maybe close your eyes for a minute and just picture the scene that is happening here in the, the region of Galilee. Jesus has sent out his disciples, 72 of them. The disciples return with joy. And as Jesus is hearing the stories of, of kingdom advance, his heart just keeps getting more and more thrilled because God is doing this. God the Father is working by his spirit through these disciples of Jesus. What, what, what do you see when you see Jesus here? Was he, was he laughing or dancing or shouting? Uh, maybe he looked up to heaven with tears of joy in his eyes and he lifted his arms and said, thank you, Father, for what you are doing in the lives of these men and women who are doing the work that I have called them to do. Uh, maybe, maybe I can see Jesus just moving from, from one disciple to the next with this magnetic smile where he goes to, to 30 of them just one by one and he bear hugs them. I mean, the kind of hug that just lifts their feet off the ground. And then maybe to another, you know, 25 of them, he's doing the, the you know, the, the air shoulder bump. Have you ever tried it? You know, just like, hey, you know, you kind of point up to the sky and then you, you jump and just, just excited. Maybe for the final 17, 
He's pulled out his Red Sox home run cart, you know what I'm saying? And he puts them in, and they're just they're high-fiving all the other 71 disciples. I mean, it's just like, we need to picture Jesus with a crazy level of joy, greater than the joy of Fenway Park or the Garden, Harry Styles, whoever is coming. It's better than that. <laughs> so much better than that. Jesus was overjoyed, and listen, his joy led him to give thanks and praise to God the Father for what he has done, what he has done, what he has done. So if this text, this simple text, teaches us anything here today, it is simply this. Listen, when you experience... Jesus and his work. Rejoice. Rejoice. When, when, you, when you see Jesus for who he is and you experience his work through you or around you or through someone else, listen, the proper response of your heart should be to rejoice. And so what I want to do in the time remaining is simply rejoice in the Holy Spirit over what God has done in the life of Redemption Hill over these past 10 years. And I hope that this is one tremendous word of praise to God and at the same time, one clear reminder to the devil and his minions that God is on the move in Medford and we are not stopping anytime soon. So listen, 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 listen. There is no way, and you'll be thankful. There's no way that I can tell it all here today. I wish I had hours to just tell stories and talk about, but I tried to limit my time so you guys can enjoy some great food today. So let me just give you a few of the highlights. You have your own. Maybe write some of these down and write down your own, but, but let me just tell you a little bit of, of what we have seen in the past 10 years. Just consider this. 11 years ago, Someone could have come to Medford and Google search, you ever do this, Google search church in Medford and there would have been no church like Redemption Hill pop up. We praise you God for bringing a group of people known as Redemption Hill to be the light of Christ in this city and to the surrounding cities. God, we thank you for a great sending church like Open Door Church in Raleigh, North Carolina, and the vast number of partners who have prayed for, supported us, joined us in the journey. And listen, be grateful because you're a part of their generosity who have collectively given over $1 million over the past 10 years. Can we say thank you once again? Wild, wild wild generosity. We are where we are today because of the generosity of the people of God scattered all over the place. God, we rejoice in your faithfulness as you've provided again and again and again and again, like the four Sunday homes that we've experienced that we sit up and tear down and all the things, as well as our community center in Medford Square, which is a radical, amazing provision of God. I'll tell you the story another time. God, we rejoice 
in how you have led us to be a church that is daily centered on your truth, having preached through 20 books of the Bible over the past 10 years, and that is daily seeking the fullness and power of your Holy Spirit to help us live the Jesus life wherever you place us, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, at our schools, wherever we go. And God, we know. God, we know that your heart absolutely lights up every time that someone experiences salvation in Jesus. And then we get to celebrate, like we celebrated three weeks ago at our baptism Sunday, that, that, that there have been brought from spiritual death to spiritual life. We thank you, God, for the many, many, many people that you have brought into the kingdom of God. And Jesus, we praise you for the privilege of seeing friendships and marriages established, built, and restored. God, we thank you for the broken people who have found healing and, and wholeness through the ministry of Redemption Hill. We thank you for the hundreds of former RHC members that have been sent out to live on mission all across America and all across the world. Holy Spirit, we praise you because it was in 2017 that you moved us from being a church that prays to become a praying church, where when people think about Redemption Hill, hopefully one of the top five things that comes into our mind is like, oh, those people pray. They believe that God hears them and that God moves and that he is doing something, not just in their church, but in the, across the city of Boston and the whole of New England. That is our prayer, that we would see God move in major ways. That is why we pray. We pray to praise God and to ask him to bring his kingdom and his will in our midst. And Father God, we thank you. This is important. We thank you for your perfect grace in the midst of our imperfections. You know, it's, it's, it's 10th anniversary Sunday, and so we're giving you some of the highlight reels. Okay, but don't get it twisted, all right? Pastor Tanner isn't perfect, neither are Pastor John and John, and all of our leaders, okay? We get it wrong sometimes, unintentionally. We take some missteps, okay? But God is faithful through it all, and he corrects us, and he helps us see, and we make changes, and we keep marching forward. God, we thank you that through challenging times like the last 18 months that we have come through a global pandemic even stronger as a church family. It's only by your grace, God, that these things are true. We thank you, God, that though we live in an increasingly divided culture, you have kept us united. You have given us an amazing staff team and and three pastors who have served together for a decade and happen to still really, really like each other. I mean, at least I like those guys. I don't know if they like me, but, you know, it's like, just, it's amazing. It's a work of God's grace. But not just our leaders. God, we thank you for the hundreds of people through the years like David Hogeworth, who arrived before the sun to set up audio equipment Sunday after Sunday. God, we thank you for college students like Jeannie Rodriguez who would show up in the early days of Redemption Hill and put a smile on kids' faces in Redemption Kids. God, we thank you for community group leaders like Steve and Felicia Agbula who we just sent this past summer to Springfield, Massachusetts to start a new church there. God, we thank you for 
uh, musicians like Micah Lee, our first worship leader, singing your praises every week. We thank you for community group leaders like our former staff team member, Josh Miller, and his wife, Jessica, who led faithfully for three years as they were a part of our team. God, thank you, thank you, thank you, because each one of those names represents hundreds who have been with us in the past and who journey with us today. Yes, people just like you. Thank you, God, for the people known as Redemption Hill Church. And not only that, God, we rejoice. We rejoice in the generosity of RHC because you've put it into our heart to not just take for ourselves and spend on ourselves, but at least 11% of our giving every year goes immediately outside of Redemption Hill to mission causes in Boston and around the globe. That is over a half a million dollars given over the past 10 years. Amazing. And this is one of my favorites that we prayed for from the very beginning. It's one of the reasons we moved to Boston. God, we are overjoyed as we look around the room that you have built not a white church or a brown church or a black church, not a rich or poor church, not a young or old church, but a Jesus church full of diverse people. Yes, thank you, God. Let me get a little lower and get a little more excited and rejoice in the Holy Spirit because God, you did it. You did it. And you're still doing it all the more as we take steps forward. And finally, God, finally, God, we are thrilled. We are thrilled with abundant joy as we consider the vision you have given us, a vision of revival, a vision to be a part of the third great awakening as revival sweeps across Boston and the whole of New England. That is our prayer. We're not gonna stop praying for it until our dying days, until we see it happen. Whether it's our generation or the generation to come, that's what Redemption Hill is about because our God is able and passed it away. Listen, we're still expecting great things from God and attempting great things for God. It's not just one or two of us. It's not, it, just, it can't be one or two of us. It's all of us. It's all of us. We are so thrilled by the work of God in these past 10 years. God, we rejoice in you. And we rejoice in you more than in what you do. And so as one of your pastors, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for joining us in this journey. You are a joy to our souls. We love being pastors over the people known as Redemption Hill. We love waking up every day, praying for you and serving you and preparing sermons and getting plans and serving the city and doing groups and teams and leading staff, all the things. We love it because we love you and we love God's work in you. So thank you, Redemption Hill, for who you are who you are and how much you love Jesus. And so let me just, as we start to move to a close and, and sing some more uh, songs to God, let me just simply ask you one question. How have you seen God work in Redemptional Church? As you think about God's work in RHC, what brings you joy? I want you to take the journal that you were given as a gift today just to, to write down, maybe it's just a name. 
Maybe it's a person that God has used to encourage your faith. Maybe it's, maybe it's an experience at a community group where God really helped you take steps forward in your journey. Maybe there's a favorite mem- memory serving our community or, or showing up and serving on Sundays. Listen, whatever it is, just, just jot down a, a memory or two as we move our time to a close. Any ways that you have seen God's goodness, any ways you have experienced answered prayers, write it down and rejoice in what God has done. But before we sing, I just want to show you one more thing from this this text. Jesus is thrilled with joy. Jesus is overjoyed, and we're in Luke chapter 10. Can someone say, only the beginning? We need to try that again. We're still not good at that. Only the beginning. It's only the beginning. It's only, listen, we haven't seen Jesus finish his earthly mission. We haven't seen Jesus go to the cross. We haven't seen Jesus rise from the dead. We haven't seen Jesus commission his disciples to take the gospel everywhere to the ends of the earth. And we haven't seen him send his Holy Spirit to fill us up. Listen, we live in the age of the Spirit. We have the very presence of God within us. We have the very power of God within us. And so it's for the same reason that Jesus is overjoyed because he sees ordinary people doing extraordinary things through the extraordinary power and presence of God. Listen, the same is true for us. The same is true for us. This is only the beginning. There is so much more for us the next 10 years, I believe, will be greater than the last, the last 10 were great. And we're so thankful, but I can't wait to the 2031 celebration as we're in a different space with more people and more stories to tell. Because God is so good. He is so faithful. And we have so much to rejoice in. So I just want to pray a prayer. And I hope that as I pray, you will just say, God, thank you. God, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for how you've worked. Even as it's my first Sunday and I'm just learning, the, God, thank you for bringing me. Someone prayed for you to be here so you can thank God for that. <laughs> Let's pray, God. Thank you so much for the story, the journey of Redemption Hill Church. God, we thank you for every person that has been apart from the spring step days to the boys and girls, to the Chevalier, to Medford High School, God, and the people that will be with us when we have our own building and we're there 24-7 with Sunday worship space and all of that. But God, we thank you for how you're shaping us, you're forming us, you're helping us learn to follow Jesus and help other people follow Jesus as well. So God, may today be a day of rejoicing, rejoicing in you for who you are and what you have done. We pray in Jesus' name.